This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Scotty, it's time for another mini-sode. I am excited! Bananas. Guys, welcome to the the dumbest little podcast about the silliest news in the world. Mm-hmm. That's true. This is bananas. I'm Kerb Rowneler. I'm Scotty Landis. We're so glad to have you back and listening to our little pod. Uh, Kurt, how's your week? You doing okay, bud? Uh, let's see. I'm <laughs> fine. <laughs> you know how it is. Just. Yeah. Just fucking Groundhog Day with two very small children. So I am, uh, this is my uh, favorite part of the day. And I'm, this is I'm a little oasis for you. Oh, oasis. you got one? I'm drinking water. Oh, oh water. I, I, I thought you were going cocktail. Oh, if I, see, I would love to start drinking at 1.30. I am, I by the way. I know, because you can, and it's beautiful. Oh. I, just, I can't, because it's like, at 7 o'clock, to put everybody to bed is so yeah. exhausting. It breaks yeah. me. And if I'm drunk by seven, I'm yeah. fucked. I can't. Yeah. You can't be negligent. And also, when you start day drinking this early, I mean, it's, it's the great quar. I'm on airport hours. I'm doing oh, yeah. whatever I want. The key to day drinking is you either have one or you just have to keep going because then you'll fall exactly. asleep and take one of those weird two-hour naps where you wake up and you think it's the next day and then you're super tired and then you stay up all night. And I'm not yeah. into that. <laughs> but um we got some great stories bananas keep sending us our, uh dm us email us the bananas podcast at gmail.com or dm us at the bananas podcast on instagram which you probably already know uh but you've been sending great ones keep them coming yeah. we're going to do as many minisodes as we can until uh we spin out of orbit and there's no longer a planet yeah uh also you know i'm always saying this um but we're just, you know, we're trying to make this thing uh, work. And so mm-hmm. tell people about the podcast if you enjoy it. Uh, and, you know, go buy some merch. We got a bunch of merch up at podswag.com. Uh, and uh, our theme song is now available. You can buy Kahan. It's on Bandcamp. And we will have the link on our Instagram uh, profile. But please download the song that Kahan kahan made for us because i know a lot of you love it a lot of you have been messaging about it we love it honestly it's the song of summer 2020 yeah so get into it now we got some stories our minisodes of course are your stories listeners stories bananas stories mm-hmm. uh this first one up is from a uh, petite tattooist Ooh. 
Uh, I do not know what city Petite Tattooist is in, uh, but she writes, Hey guys, love the podcast. Just finishing up this episode. One of you asked how long people take to decide what tattoo they want. I'm a tattoo artist in a tourist town. In a tourist town. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a Bimini Island. You think? <laughs> I think it's like for some reason. I think it's like Vancouver Island. I don't know. Oh, I feel cool. like we got we got a strong Canadian uh, mm-hmm. listening audience. I love that. I love Canadians, but I could be wrong. Okay. Um, okay. So unfortunately, you guys are right. A lot of times, groups of people who want tattoos, there's at least one in the group that is like, "Well, I might want this one or that one." Uh-huh. Two minutes later, okay, I want a completely different one now. Uh-huh. Uh, face plant emoji. People are face palm <laughs> emoji. <laughs> People are definitely bananas. Craziest tattoo I've done was an acorn on a lady's hoo-ha. Okay. Long story short, I had an opening, and she called asking for an acorn on her leg, and her husband wanted a thimble behind his ear. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Okay. I was... I was still in my apprenticeship, so I couldn't turn it down. They come in. He keeps calling her his girlfriend, and she calls him her husband. So that was weird to begin with. She decides to go first. I ask her to show me where on her leg she wants her tattoo. This 50-plus-year-old 50, 50 lady then starts taking her pants off and points to her vagina. I was uh-huh. like, what the fuck, lol? Uh, she then made me shave the area, even though I told her to go into the bathroom and do it herself. Oh, okay. super weird. Uh, we made jokes <laughs> after they left that they do kinky squirrel play. Ha ha. I ended up seeing her at the grocery store a week later and just booked it down the nearest aisle. Can't wait for your next episode. Uh, I wrote back to Petite Tattoo. like, this is totally going in a minisode. Where exactly on her vagina was it? Uh, mm-hmm. where did the get, did the dude get the thimble? Uh, she said she got it on her hood. It was hairier than a 70s go-go dancer. Low, <laughs> yes, he, he got the thimble. They said the thimble and acorn were references from Peter Pan, but I don't know what the fuck they were talking about. Oh, right. Uh, yes. Wish, is it really? Yes, I remember that. I don't remember exactly what it is, but I remember it's like a little, it's like the forget-me-not. Yes, that's okay. But also, okay. Peter Pan didn't, it, yeah, continue, right. sorry. Uh, she said, I wish I had a crazier story. Uh, don't worry. This is a crazy story. Yeah, that's I crazy. asked one of my co- co-workers what's the craziest clients he had, and he said a guy came in to get Bert and Ernie pegging on his ass cheek. <laughs> he said it with such a straight oh, face yeah. and then looked down really sad. <laughs> it must have given him PTSD. I don't think he took a picture of that one. Uh, so that is uh, the story from Petite Tattooist. Yeah, uh, weird one. So insane. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, like, I think tattoo artists, because you really are imagining, like, they are, they are doing such an intimate act that yes. is permanent on a human yes. being's body. Uh, that, that is a, such a strange relationship. It is a stranger who is now going to get very intimate with you for quite a long period of time. Like, if it's yeah. a big tattoo, it's hours and hours and hours you have to come back over and over again and i'm sure people are chatty i'm sh- i'm sure certain customers are like they just want to talk your ear off the whole time when you're just kind of drawing and doing your work <laughs> I, you know what i like i like when people get uh corrected like when johnny depp got uh winona forever to wino forever but my friend pizza zach who i think is a banana one, i think he listens to the pod he has some of the greatest funniest tattoos all over uh, a lot of them seem hand-drawn not and I don't mean hand drawn by a professional tattoo artist. I mean like 
like you handed a 10-year-old a pencil and said, draw with your opposite hand. And he had one that was uh, the, a face of Papa John. It said Papa John on next to it. <laughs> and, you know, of course. But then Papa John turned out to be a big old racist, and Zach's a great dude. So he drew uh, or had a tattoo artist draw a little roach body on it, and then it crossed out John, and now it says Papa Roach. And <laughs> that's the only way to approach a little mess-up so tattoo. That's so funny. Oh man, that's I, the best. I only I have two I have two tattoos and I don't even know you if do? you consider them tattoos. I know you didn't even know, did you? They are both uh-uh. they are both uh hand done uh in Baltimore oh. in nineteen ninety six. Uh oh, so I they're won, pretty faded out maybe or they they're pretty faded out. The one I'm I have one right on my wrist that's Wild. simply three dots <laughs> that was supposed to be for like I think me, Chris Hoslett, and Damien, uh-huh. uh, Damien Henderson, who are, who are buddies I grew up with, and it's like the we're the three or I don't know what it was. Yeah, and then we're I'm still my friends. Leg, yeah, we're still friends. We we yeah. spoke with them last night. It worked. Um, and then on my leg, I have so we I started a an organization, I guess you would call it, in Baltimore that. in okay. the mid '90s because we went to go see. This band, Unwound, who I love, mm-hmm. uh, still love. And we saw them in D.C. at mm-hmm. the Black Cat. And everyone was just, and this is in the 90s, everyone was just like standing with their arms crossed, <laughs> not dancing. And I love Unwound so much that I was just like, go. I was going, you know, I was like dancing yeah, and stuff. you were having fun. I was very, having fun, and people were like giving me, like some guy like turned around and grabbed me, and he's like, hey, man, you need to calm down. And I was like, I'm not going to calm down. This is fucking rock and roll. You know? Cool. It's, I was eight, 19 years old. I uh, yell that all the time. I yelled that at Whole Foods right before quarantine <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> and so inspired by my hatred for uh, D.C., and really, I blame I blame Fugazi. I blame Ian Mackay, yeah. who yes. just like dr- like who just just like he was just like no one can slam dance. And I understand why he said that because mm-hmm. people were getting like beat up at shows, especially women uh, wouldn't be able to like go towards the front of the stage. Oh yeah, uh, that's why I always appreciate uh, Kathleen Hanna, who was like ladies to the front. Um, but I do remember cool. seeing. Sorry, I'm talking so much. I do remember it seeing matter. Fugazi. Uh, in like the early 2000s where he kind of uh where Ian McKay kind of like spoke about the fact that he was sad now that he had railed against slam dancing for so long and now at his shows he just watches a bunch of people just cross their arms and watch and not dance he's like i want you guys to still dance and it's just like this is is a very difficult line to weave like you want people to dance in a specific way that you like anyway uh i'm getting too far into i love your passion the passion no wonder you got a tattoo this is very passionate so anyway we started an organization called fudc um, and we just said it was like that it stood for a bunch of different things like fry up them catfish and, uh, and also fight, fight United District clones. Uh, yeah, of course. And we would have punk shows in our basement and we made T-shirts and it was mainly a reason to have stickers. Do you know what I mean? Like when you're yeah. 18, 19, you start something. It's mainly a reason to have stickers and for us all to get tattoos. So I have FUDC tattooed, you know, huh. just with India ink and a needle. Uh, just like dot 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 down. That is the most painful place to get it. It's like right it? above the bone, uh, on the inside of my left leg. Uh, wow, it was so close to the bone that it just hurts so bad. 
Oh, uh, man. But yeah, that is a story of my only real tattoo. I guess you're one of my few friends that's taller than me, so I guess I've never really looked down and checked out like your knees to your feet before. I guess I've never <laughs> really given them a good, a good once-over. It's very faint. Uh, you got another story? I do. I have a great story. This is from Sarah Colvin on Instagram. Uh, she starts the way all great direct messages should start. Hello, my name is Sarah. Now I know who I'm dealing with. Um, <laughs> she rules. Um... I thought I would send one of my personal favorite banana stories from a decade of living in San Francisco. Now, having lived in San Francisco for 10 years, I've seen some pretty wild stuff. I saw a lone dildo rolling down a hill after me uh, as I'm walking down the street. I mean, fantastic. That's like, that uh, could be like a short horror film. Yes, I know. Where does it start? Where is it end? Or a kid's book. You know, things are changing. Yeah. Uh, I saw a man shitting on the McDonald's. Not in the McDonald's, on the McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> the list goes on and on. I mean, and just a sidebar, it San Francisco is one of the coolest cities and so beautiful. But yeah, if you want to see somebody go to the bathroom outside, boy, what a, what a town for you. <laughs> it's so disappointing and true. But... This story is by far and away my favorite. Uh, so beautiful that I wasn't sure if it was real or performance art. So here we go. I was taking the bus home one day after spending an afternoon downtown. The bus pulls up to a stop and a man sprints through the open doors, fully clothed but holding a pair of pants. He's slightly sweaty and out of breath. Now this alone was barely enough to get me to look up from my phone. However... Maybe 45 seconds later, the plot thickens. As the bus is about to pull away, another man sprints up to the bus, shoves his arm in the gap of the closing bus doors, and pries the doors open. He jumps onto the bus, and you guessed it, he wasn't wearing any pants. Gentlemen, you had my curiosity, but now you have my full attention. He spots the man who I am now coming to understand as the man who stole his pants and yells, quote, Come on, man. First you take my girl, then you take my dignity. Now my pants? End quote. <laughs> the two men engage in a brief struggle for the pants before the bus driver kicks them both off, which is so cool. They were screaming at each other as we drove away, and to this day, I wonder if that poor man ever got his pants back. Thanks for the laughs. Thanks for the pot. Sarah. Oh, that's so uh, great. The, the I theater wonder, of life. I wonder how did that man steal his dignity prior to stealing his pants because <laughs> it went in that order girlfriend dignity and then pants that's like right. that's the tough part you, you would assume the pants are the dignity but no yeah. there's something else that happened he walked in on his girlfriend or wife or partner getting uh having sex the man doing it gets up Gives him a wet willy, grabs his pants and his clothes, <laughs> runs out, dives off the balcony. Uh, also, there's a lot of hills in San Francisco, so no shit these guys were out of breath. But uh, I would be the happiest guy in the world if I just saw a man with no pants running by with intention, with a purpose. Like, that guy is going somewhere. Uh-huh. I hope he finds it. I agree 100%, because usually if you see a man with no pants, they're lollygagging. Yeah, there they're out is. there lollygagging. They are. They're taking their time. They know. They enjoy the fact that they don't have pants on. Uh, but I like that. Like a, that is a bad dream, right? Yeah, it's a decoy too. Like he took those pants. The pants stealer 
took those pants thinking it would delay the guy long enough to put pants on. <laughs> but that guy was like, you already t- you took my dignity. How yeah. dare you? I'm coming I, full speed ahead. I want, I want, I just wish I could hear the conversation once both of them got kicked off. Because now the bus pulls away. They're just on the street together. Yeah, are they tug-of-warring those pants? Do they each have a leg, and then it rips down the middle, and then you just see a guy with one pant leg just crying his way back, all his belongings, like a potted plant, an old record player out on the street of his apartment. Oh, man, it's so funny. God, that's a great story, Sarah. Thank you for sending in a banana story. That was surprisingly PG, really. I mean, yeah. that's an all-ages story, I think. That is a lo- Also, San Francisco, if you're... Uh, the Last Black Man in San Francisco, an right. excellent film. I recently watched oh, yeah. it. I would highly recommend you go check it out. It is delicious and beautiful and just fun, and, and it's uh, unexpected. When I lived in Brooklyn, a guy, <clears throat> a guy broke into my apartment while I was home. And my bedroom door opens, and there's just a cat burglar standing there. And he was backlit, so I didn't get a good look at him. And I was... Uh, I jumped up, grabbed a Louisville Slugger, and I was so uh, full of adrenaline that I run out of my bedroom. I hear him run towards the door. I hear my front door close, and I wanted to yell, like, get the fuck out of here or something like that. But I saw red, which I didn't know was like a real thing, but I I was so in fight or flight, and I was in full fight that I was like, in in my head, it was like, hit anybody, hit anybody, hit anybody. And... um, so I wanted to yell, get the fuck out of here or something kind of tough, but the adrenaline just overtook me and I yelled, fucking go. I yelled, fucking go, <laughs> which is scarier because that's just like what a true crazy person yells or like an avalanche is coming and you're trying to protect your family. So then about eight years later, um, but the one thing I forgot to do is when I'm chasing this guy down the stairs out the building, five flights, he gets away. He also, he ultimately got caught because he robbed other places later in the day, which is you know he, a very smart person. Um, years later, I didn't grab my phone in Brooklyn to take a picture or record anything or like document it at all. So then I'm living in LA and I hear my neighbor's dogs going ballistic, and I like sit up. This is about four a.m. and I get out of bed and I look out my kitchen window and I see a guy run by. So, and a guy that doesn't live in our neighborhood. Uh-huh. And so I clock it like way better because I had no description of the gentleman who broke into my room. It just went from zero to full on panic attack, violent panic attack in one second. So I'm like, this hat, these shoes, these boots, these blah, blah, blah. I got it. So I run into my bedroom. I'm only wearing underwear. I grab my phone. I grab the same bat and I run out to the top of the stairs. And then I look over the stairs that are kind of next to mine, about 10 feet away. And my neighbor has also run out in his underwear. So there's two grown men in their underwear in the middle of the night. He doesn't know what happened. He just knows dogs. He didn't see the guy. So he's like, what was it? A a coyote? What was it? I go, no, it was a dude. Somebody was breaking in your house. And I look down, and he's holding a hatchet. And I'm like, were you going to fight a coyote with a hatchet? Like, it was the craziest weapon. So anyways, I I have my phone in my hand. I'm like... He had a, a wife and a kid, and I was like, you watch your wife and a kid. I'm going to go get the guy on tape. So I get in my car, and I speed up the street, and I live kind of at the bottom of a hill. So I run that hill sometimes, and it's not an easy getaway. This no, guy made it's not. It's all uphill. It's real twisty-turny. 
Yeah, this guy's like the uh, the pants guy. It's like pick a better city, or like rob somebody in a nice flat city. Rob somebody in <laughs> Omaha, you can run for twenty six miles. <laughs> so i I get in my car and I speed up to the top of the street, and there are two gay gentlemen, and they're holding hands and they're walking in the moonlight, and they're in their fifties or older. They're but they're I roll down my window. I go, "Hey guys, did you see somebody run by?" And this one guy goes, why no? But we found a tipped over for loco in the middle of the street. <laughs> so, so I go, okay. He, it's 4 a.m. He didn't go left. They're having fun. Yeah. I know. They're having, oh, what, that is love, by the way. That was like the greatest romantic moment. So I knew that he didn't go to the left, so I went straight, the only other option. So then I see the guy. And I hold up my phone and I click video. And I'm driving at... A slow enough pace where it seems like I'm still driving at night. It doesn't seem like I'm like tracking or casing this guy. And my neighbor calls me. So my phone lights up in my hand. The guy looks. My face gets lit up by my phone. So I just gun it because I'm like, oh, God, now I'm like a peeping Tom. And my neighbor was like, I got in my car, too. He's walking down the street. I'm at the end of the street. Go back to the house. I already called the cops. The cops are on the way. So I hurry back to the house. Now my adrenaline's, like, down. But I was, like, way more prepared, documented the guy, got the full description. And then he calls me back again. I'm like, are you okay? He goes, you're never going to believe this. The guy is knocking on my window and asking me for a ride. So the guy breaks into my neighbor's house, uh, gets scared away by his two very large dogs, runs away. I videotape him. I get exposed. My face gets lit. I peel away. And then down further street, we're talking like two miles from my house at this point, the same guy walks up to the same neighbor, knocks on his driver's window, is like, hey, can I get a ride? I need a ride. And he's like, what should I do? I'm like, just stall until the cops get there. And then the guy's like, oh, whatever, man, and walks down the middle of the road and just walks away. And by the time the police arrived, he was already gone. But that all happened in like six minutes. (laughs) Now, a normal oh, person would be wired all night. I think I fell asleep within 15 minutes. He was like, yeah, he's gone. I'm not going to press charges. Nothing's missing. And then I just went back to sleep. <laughs> you know, uh, I am a person who sleeps with an axe next to the bed. Yeah. Uh, you I got it and, these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And the thing is, and it's one of the reasons that I'll never... Uh, like the idea that you of you saying like you just saw red. It's the reason that I will never buy a gun. Yes, even if I ha- if I had a like because right now I have an axe and even the axe feels like what the fuck am I doing? Like yeah. I don't know how to fight a man with an axe normally, but in no. my mind when I'm asleep. Woken up out of a deep sleep by someone breaking in. I don't have my glasses. It's dark out. I'm suddenly going to become an expert at hand to hand axe fighting. <laughs> I know. You know? It's yeah. like it's crazy, but also it does make me feel slightly better to have it. I've now put it. It's not nece- It's not next to my bed anymore because I have small children, so it's like up above where they can't reach. Yes, um, you don't want a loaded axe. You don't want a loaded axe where your axe. kids can get it. No, you want, you want to keep it stuck in a high stump somewhere on your top shelf. Real, give it a real good swing in there. Well, we did it again, Scotty. We did it again. Keep sending uh, those pics of unexpected bananas. Hashtag unexpected bananas. Yeah, thank you guys for listening so much. We really do appreciate you, Banana Animals. And we have great guests coming up, so keep listening. Kurt! Banana Animals! Banana Animals.
This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme song by Kehan Amadi. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. So please follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post so many more stories and make it here. And you can share with us your strange news story by DMing us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast. So listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bananas. Bananas. 